let's drink some Cokes. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do you know what... Do you know how hard it is to date a Pepsi person? It's very hard. No. No, I don't. You said Cokes, and I got excited because yeah. I was about to like sit here and talk about the Supreme Cola, Coca-Cola. Maybe you've heard of it. Number one consumed beverage in the world. Over, I, bigger than water? I don't. I think water and tea are one and two, but Coke, definitely, probably number three. Let's talk about this Diet Pepsi I'm drinking. Is it good? I'm a fan. One time I drank a Diet Pepsi. This would... I would have been maybe six years old at my grandpa's house, mm-hmm. and I drank a Diet Sprite, and the taste of it, still to this day, I this can remember. Song, just for the taste of it. I can still remember Sprite. how awful I felt. It was honestly the worst soda drinking experience of my life. Was it just the chemicals of a Diet Soda? Because I think as a kid, the Diet Soda chemicals were a problem. Yes. And uh, at some point, my late teens, let's say early 20s, I started drinking diet soda exclusively. I mean, as opposed to regular soda, not over every other fluid. Right. Uh, and it was never a problem again. To the point now when I drink a regular ass Coke. So here's my thing. Yeah. Take it away. I will. T- All right. Here's my thing. I'm Jeff. He's Ben. Hi. Well, hello and welcome to Here's My Thing. I will drink a diet Pepsi over a diet Coke. But I will drink a regular ass Coke over a regular ass Pepsi. Okay. I don't know why it is, but I think it's like if I'm going to go, I want to go all the way. And Coke has a, there's a crispness. There's a, uh, it's a, it's it's got it all. Yeah. For me, for me, like Coke was always the meal drink. You get a Coke with your meal. It complements a meal. Well, Pepsi is like if you want a snack. Pepsi is like if you're out in the soccer field and you uh-huh. want to like. Pepsi is like a sports drink, you're saying? It's more for like a casual drinking experience rather than like a fine meal, which is a Coca-Cola. Okay. Because uh, it was the lesser of the two, in my opinion. But it, it brought, for me, it was, a, it was more refreshing in a way. Coke was more of a like complex palate. I, I bet I could. Do you think you could pass the Pepsi challenge? Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, it's there's there's no that that's easy. Yeah, right. Some people are like, oh, it's it's they're it's the same. identical. No. It's like no. To me, get a refined palate, you asshole. Right. To me, Coke is thicker. Also, there is a yes. when, I, when I drink a Coke, it, there's a thickness, there's a film on my teeth. Uh, that is probably not good, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's that's usually how how Coke works. Uh, for me is, is the, yeah, there's, there's that thickness there. Uh, I, I hadn't drank a regular Coke in years and then, well, this is like 10 years ago now, but I was, uh, in Japan and drank some Cokes. How's the Japanese Coke treat you? It was, it was delicious. It was the best Coke I had had in as long as I could remember at that time. I believe it. Can I, do you think I can write on this user manual for this thing we don't use anymore? Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe not, because what if we end up getting rid of it or end up using it again or end up having to sell it or something? Yeah, true. Like, yeah, let's just get this thing out of here. Yeah, uh, Ron Mexico in the chat saying Mexican Coke is the realist. Thanks, Ron Mexico. Yeah, Ron Mexico, very on brand. (laughs) Uh, Mexican Coke is fine. I don't don't necessarily, like when it was hard to find, it was like a special fun treat. And now that it's literally fucking everywhere all the time, it's like, okay, well, whatever. I'll take it or leave it. I don't care. Um, 
I've got a question here. Uh, if you are here with us live, uh, there's instructions there in the chat about how to reach us, or you can just use the ask a question button at the top uh, and uh, and you get a question to us that way via text, as Davo42 did when he asked, how much time do you get to spend with the music stuff in Dreams? Uh, did you also happen to see the Media Molecule stream where they showed off the in-depth music functions? Seems like a ton of stuff to work with there. I did spend some time with the music stuff. Uh, and was pretty impressed with it. You know, it seems like, uh, you know, it seems like if you just want to fuck around, you can. It'll be like, oh, here's a uh, here's a rhythmic uh, here's here's a melodic instrument that when every time you hit it, it'll be in key. It kind of auto quantizes stuff if you want that. Uh, but it seems like if you want to get in there and do it for realsies and plot stuff out on a piano roll, you absolutely can. Uh, and that's how I write most of the music I have written over the years is to just plot it the fuck out. So. um so yeah, I, I think that's uh, I think that stuff is is really cool. I think the idea of just like, hey, you're going to be able to record and and include digital audio as well. You know, you're just like, hey, here's a song I wrote in something else, and I'm importing it here. I think that stuff's really neat too. Obviously, you know, you'll have a little less control over it if you're doing it that way. But uh, I did not see the stream that they did, but uh, but yeah, my my time with that it seemed uh, it seemed pretty cool. Hmm. Nico of Death says, thoughts on Stalker 2? I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah. They're saying that game's what, 2021 or something? Yeah, I, yeah, that's, I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, it didn't seem like they're under a lot of pressure to make a Stalker 2, which yeah. is like if they're just making it because they really wanted to make it because, you know, Stalker is niche, let's say. Yeah, but you know, like Metro is out there getting a lot of shine and yeah. stuff like that, and that's there's a there's a bit of lineage there in terms. of I think there's some people from Stalker working on Metro these days. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird. It's weird, it's strange. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see someday, in several years, I guess. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh. Paul W. Graham says, given the Battle Royale games need to maintain a huge player base in order to accommodate the large number of in-game players as more and more Battle Royale games come online, will they, fla- will they fracture the player base and doom the genre? I, I don't think that play- Battle Royale long-term is a game, is, is a situation where you've got 20 active games. I, I view it more like the MOBA stuff where you've got two. Yeah, totally. Uh, two or three. Yeah. Like, would you say there's three MOBAs? Like, I, like you know, I, there's a lot of them, but really, would you say, is it League, Dota, and HOTS? Or? HOTS is like the, hey, I, I, I'm not really a MOBA player, but I like this sort of thing, so I'm going to do it once in a while. Um, cousin. But it's, it, Battle Royales are, are a little weirder in that regard because it's a mode type. And it's not necessarily like a bunch of AAA games are going to put it in there as a thing. And so like, you know, a Call of Duty just Battle Royale game is different than Call of Duty having a Battle Royale mode. Right. Because that's going to have a bunch of players. So I think that that one will, it's not like they're trying to launch a new MOBA, right? It's like, hey, we've added this thing onto our game that people are already going to buy. Yeah. So odds are they're already going to try it at least once. And if it's good... Then I could see that game Steam. Yeah, and but the thing you run into there is that you know with a Call of Duty game, there are also a lot of other things you could be doing, like 
playing the zombies mode or playing the competitive multiplayer mode or the the, which is why you buy the game yeah yeah so then you know they're kind of competing for your time uh on that end as well and uh yeah i don't know it's uh we'll see how that stuff goes yeah i I think it'll be weird i think that's weird as a mode like obviously yeah you can always include it as a mode but i think the games that fully devote to it uh or pivot to it, I guess, in the case of Fortnite. You know, that was a yeah. mode that they were like, oh, now this is the mode. Um, I tried playing Fortnite on the Xbox uh, yesterday. Like and the Battle Royale? Yeah, and couldn't. Because uh, I, I tied my Epic account to my Xbox Live account, and it just says, you cannot play this game on this platform. What? There's something about the way that their account system works that you can... You can use PC and PS4 with the same login, but I think the minute you try to bring Xbox into that mix, it breaks. Like, I don't know if it's something about the cross-server stuff or they, they can't do it or, or whatever. They, they can't have it all go together, but I, I don't really know what the situation is with that. Uh, you have a call, I understand. I do. I'm trying to deal with some forced window update. Ah, good. So take one more question from the okay. chat. All right. Um. Filkin here uh, with a question I've been thinking a lot about since last night. Uh, uh, John Cadera, uh, the CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, uh, gave some quotes at a an investor relations thing. I don't know if it was an earnings call or what the situation was, but this came out of Japan. Um, and his quotes were basically saying that the PS4 is nearing the end of its life cycle. Uh, which has led to a ton of very sensational headlines, sure. of course. Uh and I think it's a very interesting set of statements here. I'm going to, I'm going to dig up the, um, there's a wall street journal tech reporter that, uh, was reporting this stuff last night. I just need to find it here. Hang on. Click on that. I liked one of his things on Twitter. So we're going to Twitter. Okay. That's drill. Keep scrolling. Dave Lang. No. All right. Here it is. Uh, uh, Takashi Mochizuki uh, is a tech reporter for the Wall Street Journal. Um, was I guess either at this event or reporting on it, and uh, gave some Japanese tweets that uh, people started machine translating, and then followed it up and said uh, the head Kadera uh, told analysts and investors that the period until March 2021 would be when PlayStation for for to crouch down once to grow further in the future. And the context for that is like. Uh, a lot of times when they start investing in a new console, it costs a whole lot of money. So the R&D costs skyrocket and cut into their profitability. Um, and the, I think the gist that they were getting at here is like they are looking at uh, more software and services to kind of offset that R&D cost. So as they're ramping up on the new console, they would con- continue to support the PS4. Sure. But also that we're kind of getting into the last phase like the console is out the pro is out i guess that's the thing that makes it weird i guess and they're making games and then yeah. they'll make games until they bring out a new thing until they like come up it's a combination of a lot of things right it's like developing new hardware um pushing the existing hardware to its maximum right capacity mm-hmm. it's like figuring out sales like there's a whole you know economic aspect that just right. people who don't aren't involved in the games making at all are just running numbers about selling consoles like there's a lot of different things that go into making a new like when the cycle is done right 
Uh, and I think the the signal here is that they're starting to maybe ramp up on some of that R and D and and getting more serious about what's next after the PS4 Pro. Um, and along the way, he kind of said like, "Oh, you can ex- the 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 quotes from uh, Mochizuki here are like, you can expect more exclusive titles for PlayStation platforms." Um, they're entering the final phase of the life cycle, but recurring revenue via membership services and et cetera should cushion some of that. So saying that they're trying to offset some of that uh, costs with, uh, you know, PSN and stuff like that. There's also an interesting couple of quotes here or a couple of, of tidbits here about some of their other business units. Basically like saying that PlayStation VR is growing, but the industry's growth is below market expectations, uh, which I feel like uh the everything i had heard about how playstation vr was selling and all the other stuff that people seemed quite happy with how it was doing but i guess maybe on some level yeah vr did not become the next big thing in a, in a huge way even if psvr is is selling fine it didn't necessarily skyrocket also saying that uh that they're facing some headwinds with playstation view which is their kind of tv streaming service thing that's a very competitive space and and this never seemed something that seems so tethered to the PlayStation platform instead of like YouTube TV that you can kind of take wherever that never seemed like it would necessarily Get make huge inroads yeah. anyway. Um, I subscribed to it for a while. It seemed okay. Uh, and that they're aiming for future growth, but they have a realistic outlook about VR. It's interesting that they would put VR and PlayStation view in the same kind of block of, uh, of this talk also. Um, and there's some slides, uh, from this thing out there also, uh, let me see if I can find that real quick here. I have resolved the... You've resolved the calling issue. Uh, Daniel Ahmad, an analyst with uh, Nico Partners, uh, has also posted some stats on some of this stuff about you know, how much money Sony lost when the PlayStation 3 rolled out and how much faster they turned... There's a graph here showing how much faster they turned things around when it came to the PS4. Like they had a negative 13, but then 2014 they were making money and it's only gone up from there. Um and then, yeah, another slide that's basically just saying, like, PlayStation View, market and future business model remains uncertain. You're like, all right. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, and, it, and it's not especially popular. Uh, we'll see how much that shapes their their stuff going forward. I, you know, I think you could start to look at this and go, like, okay, if they're saying that they're going to be in a trench or, or that they, they'll be investing in the future uh, and that March 2021 is the period that they see themselves coming out of that, that's when you start to say like, well, okay. That probably means they put a console out in 2020. If not earlier. Yeah. Uh, which I'm trying to think like, it, I don't know, man, the, the launch of the Pro has fucked all this stuff up so much. It's hard to even like the the old math doesn't make sense the way it used to. Because it doesn't, this doesn't feel like we're near the end of a generation to me. I guess like on the power front, maybe we are. And I guess like, what, 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 like, isn't the 11 series cards, the NVIDIA 11 series, isn't that supposed to launch this summer? I believe that there's, there's going to be new graphics cards. So new Bitcoin mining opportunities (sighs) heading your way. Yep. Um, and so if you know if we have the, enough if, power left by then right so if the next generation tech is going to be hitting shells for consumers then, then that means that it's already being considered now if that's something they want to do or is a die shrink whatever blah 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 hardware terms blah 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 i'm gonna keep just saying stuff <laughs> and pretend that i know what i'm talking about um yeah i don't know uh could be could be 2020 
ready to take a let's take a call let's take our first call hello caller what is your name and where are you calling from hey this is yvonne from portland oregon hello yvonne thanks for sticking on the line for so long <laughs> yeah <laughs> no worries not at all windows right yeah uh, what, um, what's the word from portland what's going on so all right so right to the question uh i'm wondering what your guys's best memories of like creating your own fun in a game is uh, you know, like beyond what the game asks you to do or guides you to do towards its objectives. And like the thing that comes to my mind uh, that brings this question up is I love it when games have traversal, weird traversal models where you, I love just kind of trying to climb a mountain and getting past certain polygon patterns or whatever to see how high it can go. And then some of that it's even in PUBG, even with the bolting. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like wondering what what do you do, or what's your best memory of creating your own fun, something like that in a game? Cool. All right. Yeah. Thanks for your call. Um, I think the the most recent one I can think of is like cheat codes with Grand Theft Auto Three and Vice City and mm. and San Andreas. Like just like hey, I'm gonna just enable all these cheat codes and just fuck shit up, and and, and see how much I can put on the screen at once and see how much I can break it and, yeah. and all that. Uh, me and my friends would play some Just Cause 2 horse where we would just pass around the controller and try and do like ridiculous jumps and stuff and like just try and, you know, vehicle attachment with like the, the, mm. um, like rubber band and stuff and just try and like blow up as many things as you can and try and one up each other. A, a lot of that sort of thing. I remember a lot of like racing in Halo just around like, uh, Gulch. Mm. Uh, you know, and just like after, you know, so many matches, eventually it was just like, okay, let's just fuck around and yeah. and do that sort of stuff. Did you mess with the custom game stuff in Halo 3 at all? Like the... the no. Like you could kind of, with the, the uh, forge mode and making your own levels and, and making some of your own and putting in all this other weird stuff, like I had a lot of good times before that game came out. So that was actually, so I... I went to Bungie to play through that game. Um, and by the end of that event, everyone had kind of played all the multiplayer. They were going to play it. Everyone finished the campaign. And, whoa. Sticky keys. All right. Sticky, sticky keys. keys. All right. You know what that means. When the sticky keys alarm goes off, that means everyone whip it. No, what do we? That means everyone here. No. It's the only button that's on here. Okay. That. Now we have to pay the bomb cast. What happens oh, if I man. press it twice? It stops. Thank God. Okay. You can set that trigger to just loop it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Stream Deck 3.0 software came out. I saw. Yeah. Streamline of the Stream Deck. It's, it's nice. What were we talking about? Four sticky keys? Halo 3. Halo 3, yeah. Anyway, by the end of that event, like it was like uh, we were just basically playing fucking like baseball with the hammers and stuff and doing all this weird shit. Yeah. Uh, and it was a really good time. Yeah. Uh, it was a really fun night i i love that shit like when you really start to get intimate with an engine like like you know i mean i i don't have to tell you about getting intimate with engines oh yeah no Um, that's uh you know you've seen my blog yeah but uh like when you really appreciate how a game moves and feels and you have it's so easy to just like dick around in a game especially if there are even a little bit of like customization or just like a bunch of cool vehicles or just stuff you can do in a world. I I love that. I love just, you know, playing like tag and you know what, you know what, one I really like, there was a Japanese, uh, YouTuber who 
would play a game of like running away from the one-up mushrooms in Mario 64 that chase you and just oh, seeing right. like how yeah. long he could survive without getting like love that shit. Yeah, that's cool. Um let's see here. Dude wants his rug asks any chance of a game dropping at E3 as available immediately. Yes. I feel like I got an email about one the other day. So yeah, there will there will be games releasing announced and releasing around E3. Was there any that came out last year? I don't know. I don't know. Cuz I I was yeah. No 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 good ones. Yeah. Um What would you be more interested in playing at this point? Asks Chaz. Uh, Street Fighter 6, Tekken 8, or Mortal Kombat 11? Hmm. Capcom's not ready for Street Fighter 6. Like, I mean, they as a company might be ready, but I'm not ready to trust them. Yeah. Yet. Like, it, it seems like they need to make some changes before announcing such a game. Yes. That, yeah, if they did it right now, I don't think they would have learned anything. Or enough. I th- I yeah, I think they're getting a little bit better. Um, but yeah. Uh, well, Tekken and what else? Uh, MK. At this point, Tekken, just because I don't know what that game will be. I feel like the next Mortal Kombat, in my opinion, is going to be pretty close to 11. Was that the last one? 10 was the last one. 10. Yeah, I hmm. We'll see. I don't we'll know. See though, I think they're due for a larger shakeup. I think, uh, you know, I, I think if you did it, like Tekken Seven is great. Like I don't know that I need another Tekken right now yeah, because like Tekken Seven is is also pretty recent. Like for me, it's just a simple thing of like, oh well, you know, it's been the longest since Mortal Kombat at this point. Yeah. So, so I I, I want to see what MK is. I want to see what I'm they've still been open doing. To, I'm still open to new goofy DLC characters for Tekken Seven. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They they did a really good job with that stuff. Uh, Here, my, I want to, I want to, I want a brand new Guilty Gear. Yeah, that's what I want. Mm. No more d- be done with thugs or what would you even call it at this point? Like like all those stack on names. Would it just be like Guilty Gear Three at this point? I don't even know what. Yeah, I mean, you call it like whatever. Guilty call it whatever. Gear guess, Deliverance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if they had like a a, a meaningful progression or not. Nope. Uh, with X and double X and yeah, they did for a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we get another uh, call over there. We do have another caller on the line. Hello, caller. What's your name and where are you? Hi there. Uh, my name's Teddy. I'm uh, from Toronto, Canada, but I'm calling you from Windsor, Canada. That's oh, the oh. From wow. Okay. All right. What's uh, what's up in Windsor? You at the Windsor Waterworks? You doing water slide stuff? What What are we doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Went went to the water park last week. Actually, uh, awesome. Some, uh, did you get wet? Yep. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get go wet. wet. You got, you're gonna get wet yeah. for sure. Uh, gonna get wet in winter. Yeah, what's on your mind? Uh, so I got a so E3 is coming up, and uh, you guys have changed how you handled E3 a lot, and you know over the last uh, years of Giant Bomb. And but one thing that's always remained constant, you know, I think since the game's about days, is Jeff would always uh, disappear for a week, uh, Judges Week, and come back. Hello, did we lose him? Hello, I think we lost him. And you get out of oh. going to okay. hang on. We we Hello. we lost we we lost you, then we had you again. Uh can you you said something about disappearing for a week and then you disappeared on us. 
<laughs> uh, no, I was, I was uh, asking about Judges Week. And, and uh, two-part question, what does Giant Bomb get out of uh, Jeff going to Judges Week every year? Uh-huh. And uh, what do you personally get out of going to Judges Week every year? Cool. All right. Yeah. Thanks for your call. Um, Thank you. For us, it ends up being fairly imperative in terms of like booking guests for the show. It's a good chance to see everybody with enough time before the show to be like, okay, uh, here's here's what we're you know we've we've got some spots left to fill on the nighttime show. So here's some games that we saw that we want to talk to people about and that sort of stuff. It's really it's really useful for that. Uh, it's really useful in terms of there are games that we see there that we then don't see again at the show. So in terms of actually getting to see more games overall at e3 if we had to see everything at e3 we wouldn't see as much so uh it's a good chance to see some of that stuff uh and then also you know the the awards come out of that like the whole the whole like kind of stated purpose of it uh is that you know we we kind of get together with these other publications and everyone nominates and votes and and there are awards given and stuff like that but ultimately it it is also uh, a really good way to get a little bit more time with some of these games than you would get if you just booked appointments at the show. Um, so it ends up being mostly useful for that. Um, it's a good to get uh, also on a personal level. It's good to talk to a lot of other people that do this for a living for other places, you know, people at other publications and kind of catch up with them and kind of see how stuff's going, uh, kind of get, get a read on like, what's up with this business? How's it going for you? It's real weird these days, right? Only getting weirder. Yeah. Uh, and, and talk to people about, uh, that sort of stuff. Also, you hear a billion different stories about unannounced games, <laughs> uh, and, and, and end up in casual conversations about games that, uh, you know, have not been announced and that sort of stuff. And that's very informative, uh, in terms of just like, Okay, actually, I guess we do want to book this appointment with this company because I heard they have this game in this game. We don't know that for sure in a way that we can report on, but it seems pretty reliable, even if it is second, third hand, that they're going to have this, this, and this. We definitely want to see this, so let's book that. Um, so with all that combined, it actually is very uh, it is very useful uh, for, for our kind of E3 stuff. Um. Let's see here. Uh, Nico of Death says, any thoughts on the crazy WWE financial shit? This shit is crazy. Um, they are, uh, it, I guess the, the thing that came out yesterday is that they are uh, moving SmackDown, the B show, uh, to Fox. It was also, it was on. What? Yeah. Uh, Fox, like, like KTVU ass, Channel 2 ass, fucking broadcast ass fox yeah uh uh next year and they're going to be getting a billion dollars over five years that's a lot of money it's a lot of fucking money that's a lot of money uh and uh i believe it was uh dave Meltzer was a wrestling reporter uh the thing he had said about it which you know i guess it lines up but like it's the idea that just like if they're getting that much money for SmackDown and then they're also renegotiating the rights for raw their other big tv show and that number will probably go way up as a result if not because of this deal, then, then whatever else, um, that'll be a profitable company. Like before they even put on, before they even sell a ticket or a t-shirt or any of this other stuff or a network subscription to their streaming service and all that other shit, it really changes the business for them in a way that is going to be interesting to watch because they, you know, like I used to look at them and be like, they're starting a streaming service. We have, we technically have a streaming service. Like I want to see how they do it at scale. You know, they're reaching 
millions of people. Uh, we are not quite there yet. Um, and so watching how they uh, price their service and how they tier their service and all this other stuff, I think, is, is really fascinating to watch. But now all that's kind of blown up because now it's like almost like they don't have to fucking care about it. Uh, I was thinking like, oh, they're going to get deeper and deeper into this streaming shit to the point where their TV shows will probably move there eventually and you'll just pay to watch them. But now it's like, oh, now no. Fox is paying them $4 million an episode. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, like, okay, I guess that's because right now it's a 30 day delay. Like stuff goes on TV and then it shows up on their streaming service a month later. Uh, and I always figured like, oh, well, when they renegotiate these, they'll probably get it down to a few days or, or whatever yeah. it is. And some will be simulcast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no. <laughs> Uh, it, it's, Do you think that says more about the money that they're getting from Fox being huge or them being like, oh, subscriptions? I don't know. Their subscriptions, they stopped breaking them out. I, so I listened to people, people breaking down their financials, uh, and it sounds like they don't break out their subscription numbers in terms of um, how many people are there on a uh, 30-day trial. And how many people converted, how many people churned out, like all that sort of stuff. It sounds like they're not necessarily breaking out the numbers that way. There are some people who signed up for like 99 cents for three months or, or whatever. So you don't really know how many people are, are paying or, or what they're paying, all that sort of stuff. I think their number was somewhere around 2 million. I forget. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, – and then on top of that, their pay-per-view shows, their big shows are going to get an hour longer, which is a fucking nightmare. The shows are already too fucking long. <laughs> and bad uh but uh, to me the 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 thing to learn out of this is just how much money tv networks have and just how fucking scared they are of where things are heading because wrestling is live and as a result of it being live it brings people to their network uh in a way that nothing else does like i feel like i you know i think i think wrestling is the number one and number two thing for usa every week if i had to guess like i, I that's typically how it's been um, so it's worth it for them to pay that kind of money just to get people to please, please watch television, please come watch television, please believe in television. Uh, and they're willing to pay, uh, for something that's live so for something that's harder. You know, it's not something you can watch on demand all the time or, you know, I just, you, you, you know, it shows up on Hulu or whatever the fuck it is. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a it's a it's a very different thing, man. It's uh it's really it's fascinating. And and I look at that as like, oh man, TV, right? Like do you do you pay for any TV service at all? Uh my mom does. So yeah. I get that, okay. but like yeah. honestly, I no. No. If 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 you did not have access to TV service through that, would you then pay would <laughs> not for the prices that yeah. they want. No way. Right. Like I, I'm as a as a young consumer, I am used to paying nine dollars a month, twelve dollars a month, right. what what have you for like individual services. Like I had HBO Go for a little while, mm-hmm. and I was like, great, I'm gonna watch Westworld and Game of Thrones, and then like watch all of The Sopranos, and then disable it when I'm done. Yeah, but for like a cable package, I could not imagine paying money for a, a like. Yeah, a package, you know, just like right uh, multiple channels. I paid for Direct TV for a lot of years, and that was like that was getting to be around two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, and I didn't watch it. If at you want all. live sports, like right, yeah, uh, and and I barely fucking used it, and it was and it was just it was inertia. 
it was this feeling of just like, well, I've had TV. I should have TV. Right. And then I everyone finally, has TV. Right. Everyone's got TV. I'm not I'm not one of those book weirdos. <laughs> Um, who's like, oh, TV? Oh, we, especially no, I, I didn't see it because we don't have TV. Especially because you probably had a pretty nice TV at the time because you did video right. game shit yeah. and yeah. like you had a good entertainment center. Yeah. And it was a good ass TV. You yeah. could drink in front of that TV yeah. and watch whatever. But like, what the fuck do I want to watch? So you know, it boiled down to just like, well, I guess I watched some wrestling, which is a hellish <laughs> thing to be paying for TV for. Um. And so for a while, I was like, oh, what about PlayStation View? What's up with that? I, I subscribed to that for a while. And, and when they first launched their like DVR functionality was awkward and didn't, didn't work great. It kept taping the wrong version of wrestling, which you don't want that. It, it, was, it was taping the two-hour version of the show and not the three-hour version. Oh, shame. Yeah. And so you lose out on a Sounds lot like of stuff. Sounds like they're actually doing you a favor on that one, giving yeah. you an edited version. Well, it's like half the time the stuff they're cutting out is the stuff you actually want to see. Yeah. Unless you really care about Roman Reigns. Um. I, I've been thinking about getting Hulu. Um, I just really w- love supporting a service that both offers a subscription and makes you watch ads. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got another question over there? We do. We have a caller on the line right now. Hello, caller. What's your name and where are you at? Uh, hi, this is Bryn from the UK. Bryn. Uh, Long time caller, first time listener. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks for listening for once. Uh, what's, uh, hello, uh, new caller. What is on your mind? Hi. So uh, yesterday, Games Workshop, the Warhammer people, just announced a series of books aimed at 8 to 12-year-olds that are set in their Warhammer settings. That have, you know, There's basically a god of rape type, that sort of setting. Yeah. Um, it seems so weird to have like a kid version of a setting like that. Do you think there are any, like, game settings that would work in that way? Like, you know, do you want to see, like, Dark Souls Kids or, like, God of War Jr. or something? I, I think I think God of War, I think, actually is the is the first one that comes to mind, is just, like, God of War from the kids' perspective. Like, Atreus' fun time adventure. Yeah. Like, what's a fun coloring book, a fun God of War coloring book? It's like him and the mom yeah, hanging out. exactly. And Kratos then, like, is in the back just with his arms cr- crossed. Cr- Kratos is just not around. Yeah. Uh, I'm going out for smokes. Yeah, and then he comes back six months later. Uh, we don't know where he went. He left for smokes and came back I, I in think, July. <laughs> Thank you for your call, Brent. Um, I think like... Uh, I feel like Street Fighter tried to like... Like when they put Sakura... I know she was... When when Sakura started becoming a Street Fighter character, uh-huh. they were like pivoting it as kind of like she's like young Ryu, right? She's like she wants to both be Ryu and be with Ryu, yeah. and a lot of different like it's it's strange, but it made me like wonder. Oh yeah, like you know, a youth perspective on like fighting is actually really interesting to me. Like what motivates these why people, like, is Sean Yang? throwing basketballs? Well, I, and fighting. He's going to have to choose one day. He does a Shoryuken with two hands. It's cool. I like Sean. Sean's all right. I like Sean. Yeah. Uh, that basketball parrying <laughs> game is not great. <laughs> uh, but also is great. Um, I think Virtua Fighter Kids was pretty good. Is that a thing? Yeah. VF huh. Kids totally came out. Huh. Uh, Ni Toshinden, which is a Toshinden Kids, uh, also exists. Man, you've opened the door on some fucking dark shit. We got to play fighting games this week also. So oh, yeah. You might have just fucking sealed your fate on this one. <laughs> um, Sonic the Fighters, the Sonic fighting game, also is kind of like not that far off from the VF Kids stuff in a, in a weird way. Um, and yeah, I mean, they tried doing the chibi. They, they did Pocket Fighter. Did you ever play yeah. Pocket Fighter? Yeah. 
A terrible, yeah, terrible yeah. fucking game. What a bad, what a bad game. Good, sp- good, good, good sprites. Yeah, like fun to like, oh, you're going to hit me with this street sign for some reason. What yeah. a wacky, weird thing. Yeah. Get all these gems. <laughs> um, speaking of gems, I saw, it was, that's terrible. That makes me think of this, but I, I watched uh, 20 minutes of footage of fighting EX Lair. Oh. And, and only got more excited yeah? about that game. It's Skullamania, it's all those characters. I fucking cannot wait for that goddamn game. I'm excited. I'm really excited about um, Cross Tag Battle, uh, which should be out soon. Yeah. I got to play a little bit of the final release and looks good. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think the, the kid fighting game stuff is the stuff that I think of for some reason uh, when, it, when it comes to that. But yeah, what, about, what, what if you did a Dead Space Kids? Is that just like on the ship? Yeah. Before the outbreak? No, during. <laughs> just like locked in the kindergarten room or whatever, yeah. and your teacher turns into a yeah. boy. Oh boy, we're going to have to. And the last thing you do is you fucking stomp out the head of one of those things as a kid, and it takes way more stomps. Oh, God. And then you inject yourself in the eye. It's like the end of MGS when you're fucking crawling through the fucking heat thing and mashing the fucking <laughs> button, only it's you fucking stepping on a head for like 45 minutes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Let's see here. What do we got? Amore714 says, is it worth picking up a PlayStation VR at this point or is it the next Vita? I think it's being supported pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's got, it's got the exclusive uh, Star Trek bridge crew add on yeah i guess that's coming to other platforms yeah, after like a right? month or yeah. something um yeah this is a hard one because there's stuff i saw that i can't talk about yet uh that is playstation vr stuff that maybe go like ah, this is stuff i would like to play uh, that's and, cool. and only some of it is coming to other platforms so <sighs> i don't know it's pricey i think you know like the vr is always going to be a situational thing it's going to depend on how much money you got what kind of pc do you already own um do you already own a ps4 like all that sort of stuff and and the thing that i'm waiting to hear more about is uh how well these windows mixed reality headsets end up end up working i know brad picked one up for 200 bucks and i think he hasn't spent too much time with it yet but 200 bucks for a, a, a pc vr headset even if the tracking is a little less than ideal and you have some some workaround stuff you might have to do here and there. That's a pretty good price if you already have the PC and don't need to upgrade that end of it. Like that's it's not fucking bad, yeah. especially for something where you don't have to set up shit around your room. Um, if it's an out uh, inside out tracking uh, solution, like that's that's the thing. That's another thing is, is uh, you know comparing this to the Vita, Sony. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I bet you ex- developing these virtual reality headsets was a little bit more of an investment th- uh, financially yeah. than the Vita, which means they would have more reason to look for a return on that investment. Um, the other thing that PlayStation VR benefits from is that you have a lot of people making VR games and there's not a huge install base across all the platforms. So all of those developers are incentivized to put their game out across everything. Yep. Uh, whereas the Vita being a more specific kind of handheld sort of situation, you had people that were fine to just like ignore it and, and not develop games for it. 
Whereas this, if you want to make your money back, you're putting out that game all over the place. Unless yeah. you're getting published by Oculus and then they're funding your whole thing and maybe you don't even care. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Sony being in the VR space has been good for VR overall, even if I think that their specific solution is not outstanding. Um, like the, the PSVR stuff I still think is, it, it's, it's the move controllers. Like the headset itself is totally fine. Um, but the, the camera tracking is not outstanding. And then the move controllers, I think are just cheap and, and not great. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm curious to kind of see how the, um, the, uh, the windows mixed reality stuff does or, or, or how it, it handles with a lot of the stuff that's being sold on steam. I've heard mixed things about it. So we'll, we'll see. Um, Oh yeah. Hey, big knife writes and says, did either of you try the onrush beta? Did you try the onrush beta? I don't know what onrush is. I took the onrush challenge. Yeah. And played some of the onrush beta. What is that? It's a driving game. Ugh. Uh, it's a team based uh, competitive race. Not no, it's not a race. There's no finish line. It is a round based driving game where you're driving laps on a I, what's kind of a track. It was an outdoor thing, so it wasn't like streets paved. Um, and that you have classes of cars that have ultimate abilities and stuff like that, and you earn boost and spend boost to charge your ult. That and then unleash okay. your ult and try to crash into you, the other cars. You got me excited. And there's like, there are creeps. There are neutral what? cars that you wreck into to what? build boost. Just, put it, just putting it in terms that you can understand and pick up on. Um, how, many, how many courses are there? Uh, there, there? I only played one in the beta. I don't okay. know how many are in the, in the final game. How many? But I, th- I think there's more than one. How do you kill Roche? Uh, you have to get all the cars together and really okay. work on it. It's right. it's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know how I feel about it from the beta. Uh, I don't know if the beta is still running or if it's just a weekend thing, but uh, it's kind of cool. Okay. Maybe I'll take kind of cool. Maybe from a public beta testing, like yeah. It's uh, it's going into it knowing like oh it's kind of the MotorStorm it's some of the people behind oh, MotorStorm okay. I was like well I really never liked MotorStorm they were beautiful games but I just never really liked playing them all that much um I was initially kind of wary of it but seeing that like they made a totally different thing it's like a best of five round based thing it's like the first team to get to ten thousand points wins the round. And it, it's just, it's a strange thing, man. It, it's, it's really, it's kind of wild. How's the onrush jungling? It's not bad. <laughs> kind of uh, out of meta, yeah. meta at the moment, but. Uh, processor says League of Lexus, which is also pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, you want to take a call? Yeah, let's take a call. Let's take a call. Hello, caller. Hi, caller. Where are you? What's your name? Hey there, Ben. Hey there, Jeff. This is Max from the UK. Hey, Max. What's on your mind? I just had a question. Um, Not really a question, maybe more of a statement. We'll see where we get to it with it. But um, basically, with the talk of Rage 2 and the recent talk of uh, this person reminiscing, shall we say, about Steve Jobs, that got me thinking about John Carmack again. Yeah. And how we've not really seen much of him. Uh, He's obviously been over at Oculus doing his thing. Uh, Facebook doing his thing. 
and with E3 coming up, we're used to sort of in the past seeing games from John. What do you think we might get from him and when? And do you think it will be cool? Will we ever see another John Carmack game? That's a good question. Yeah, thanks for your call. Thanks. I don't think we will see another John Carmack game. Really? Uh, it, unless he leaves Facebook and starts a game studio. Yeah, I guess uh, Facebook's not in the business of publishing big video games. Well, they are. I mean, you know, they're literally, through Oculus Studios, they are funding and publishing video Sorry, games. Sorry, I meant but, big video games. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. Um, no, I mean, he, my understanding is that he spent a long time on the Oculus Go, which is their the their just launched uh, uh, portable kind of all-in-one headset thing. Uh, that that's been his project for for a long time, and obviously he's been very fascinated by VR, uh, and he has been all in on developing VR stuff, such that it led to lawsuits and stuff like that. That is presumably why you don't see a lot of John Carmack anymore. <laughs> um, sure, because after the big lawsuit with Bethesda, um, and and a lot of his uh, you know his his doings uh, being scrutinized, I I'm not surprised that he maybe wanted to take kind of a less public facing role, but he was out there recently talking about kind of his relationship with Steve jobs and, and some of the dealings he had with Steve over the years, which was fascinating to read. And it's the thing you hear about all the time that Steve jobs really had a disdain for video games. Um, I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and that he was, uh, a little vexed by the popularity of games on his platforms. Uh, which, you know, really just talking about iPhone at that point yeah. and iPad because, you know, Mac gaming always existed. Uh, but I was, played Myst on a Mac. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you played the Mac game. Congratulations. Yeah. No, well, when, when Quake 3, the, the, the first test of Q, uh, the Q3 test was a Mac only release. Like he got up on stage at Mac World or Power Mac, venue, whatever the fuck they called it. Mac Attack. Mac Attack. He, uh, John Carr Mac got up. <gasps> Think about it. <gasps> right <gasps> yeah yeah uh they got up and said hey we made quake 3 run on power pc here it is and for the longest time you could only play the quake 3 test uh demo beta thing on a mac which longtime quake fans were fucking furious about um uh yeah i, I recommend uh going out there and you know googling and looking around for uh for john Carmack, I, I think he posted all to twitter i saw something that was collected uh maybe he posted maybe he posted to facebook actually <laughs> now that i think about it that makes sense um it was really weird going to um oh you know okay yeah so th- there's there's an oculus game that's not embargoed so anyway uh oculus i saw oculus last week and the sign for the event it is the Oculus logo, but it said Oculus, and then it kind of like said Oculus by Facebook. And it was a weird branding shift that made me feel very ill at ease walking into the room. And I guess that's how perception of Facebook has changed over the last chunk of time. That like seeing their logo on the Oculus sign made me trust the whole thing slightly less. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm walking into a Facebook demo. Oh, I don't. Hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It was it was weird. It was a weird. Uh, it was a, a very subtle, small logo on the sign, but enough to where I was like, "Oh!" It impacted my. Uh, 
it impacted my feelings on the Oculus brand, let's say. Sure. Yeah. For whatever that's worth. Totally. Uh, how much <laughs> did you think they knew what they were getting into? Do you think Facebook? Do I think Facebook knew what they were getting into? Uh, yeah. Or uh, I no Oculus. Oh, dude, the roller coaster of that stuff from the company getting sold to Facebook. I, I would actually ask it from the other end. Sure. Of like, did Facebook know what they were getting into <laughs> with this lawsuit stuff? And, yeah. And the fa- you know the situation with one of the founders of that thing, and and like all the stuff that w- were bumps along the way uh, that distracted from the larger story of like. Hey, we're trying to do cool stuff with VR. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Get while, uh, while Jeff is looking for our last question, I, I do want to mention, I talked about this <clears throat> last week on my not a after show after show, mm-hmm. uh, but we have set up a call in line outside of Discord. You know, so if you're a subscriber who can't watch live or if you're a non-subscriber even, you can call this voicemail number. I'm going to read it out here. We'll read it every episode or so and uh, call in, leave a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. We're still going to favor people calling in live, uh, our, our premium subscribers watching the stream right now. But uh, if you have, you know, we were talking about eventually maybe doing like themed episodes and, and yeah, stuff so like that. Somewhere where, where you, you can kind of call in and leave a voicemail, you know, if, if maybe you're not com- even comfortable calling in live. Yeah, uh, totally. You know. um, and so that number is, write it down, 707-394-8358. Give us a call. Yeah. I'll be going through and then filtering those. And so you didn't make the, the you didn't make it spell anything. I wanted to, but I was doing it on my. It was, it was a whole thing. Yeah, I wanted to make it spell out bomb. Yeah, that's. I think that's what mine. I think the one that I got does. Nice. My Google Voice number. Uh, which you can also call. <laughs> uh, that number is. <laughs> Let's just give them. This just goes straight to voicemail. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I never, and, and, and the voicemails I get are often bad. Maybe I should just play one of these now. Yeah, sure, please. Okay, here's one from April 26th. No, no, from April 20. Uh. Whoa, is that what that is? You're driving a car into the city, and I'm taking a bar train out of the city. I'm wondering just how hyperbolic are those God of War 2018 reviews. It sounds like he's on a train. That does sound like Bart. As somebody who rides Bart every day, <laughs> yeah. that does sound like Bart. That's, uh, what is that number? That's uh, that's 707-925-2662. Nice. If you want to call my personal Google voice line. That We're not going to do anything with that except the, listen to them after the no, show and yeah, laugh the, the only thing that the, the only thing that ever gets done with those is they occasionally get posted to my Tumblr when people leave really bad messages. Uh, and keep in mind, when you do that, I have your phone number, you dumb <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you can, you can call that number. The one that he, you should probably give your number again. Now that I've, I'm going to give it with my number again. It's set. Oh no, that's my phone number. 707-394-8358. Do not call my personal cell phone number. Okay. I'll, and I'll try not to, but unless you're trying to sell me something because I slept in a regatta inn, which is 
Most of the spam those, calls. Those are the only phone calls you get. I signed up to a premium call blocking service. Oh, uh, there's an app that I installed called Haya. That's yeah, like, I use Haya. Yeah, yeah, it's free. They they just launched a premium thing, uh, and I was like, you know what? I've gotten a lot of good use out of this app. It has been very useful. I'm going to pay them for the blocking stuff. Yeah, uh, and support 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 the companies their, their that thing. you like that yeah. are doing good things. Yeah. <laughs> we have a sale going on. That's right. Premiummom.com/slash/upgrade. That shit is on sale. Sign up for that shit. Watch all that shit. Does your account get sorted out? Yes, you thank ta- you for... <laughs> did you take advantage of the sale? I uh, I was trying to load into the giantbomb.com slash chat thing and realized I have no... I was no longer a premium subscriber. <laughs> you scumbag. Um, I, I, I just became a premium sub. I was wondering if there's anything you would recommend for me to watch. Uh, I like the meatball subs, personally. Those are, you know, they're hot. Uh, yeah. It's fresh. Uh, well, I, fresh, no, maybe not the word... But I got steak and cheese for the first time in a long time. Yeah. That's a hell of a sandwich. Yeah. And, and since then, I, I've kind of liked more things on my sandwich. So I, I tricked that pony up. You ate I tricked pony? that pony up. You, ben tricked that pony up. And I think that's going to do it for us here. <laughs> <laughs> the pony trickers. That's right. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the pony trickers. Uh, please see us at our. We're doing a lot of festival dates this summer. That's right. Pony trickers out there. We got I'm some the head mixes, and Jeff is the ass. That's right. I'm all about that ass. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. I'm very good at fading in music. Yeah, no, you really are nailing this shit. <laughs> we took a week off, man. <laughs> <laughs>